Our reading this morning, if you would like to follow along, it'll be on the screen, but also um, if you wanted to look it up on your own phones, you're welcome to. Luke 2, 25 through 35. And I will be reading from the NIV translation. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the word of the Lord. God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. Uh, yeah, so don't worry, the scripture is correct, just the title, or the, the description of the scripture is off, so, um, if it's on there. Um, so, it is December 31st, which is what? New Year's Eve, and I love this year because everything is timed Christmas Eve was on Sunday, and Christmas and uh, New Year's Eve is on Sunday as well. And so, and during New Year's Eve, uh, what do people think about as the, we turn the page uh, from 2023 uh, to 2024, uh, as our question, our reflection, or our icebreaker question for today was, do you have a New Year's resolution? How many of you do have a New Year's resolution or sometimes? Do a New Year's resolution? Is that like a, a passing trend? <laughs> it's like it's like over now. Okay. Um, well, I've had New Year's resolutions in the past, and um, which makes sense because it's a new year, and so we take that time to turn the page and reflect on uh, the past year and want to do things right in the in the new year, and to a certain extent. There's that natural transition to move on from bad habits, maybe, or uh, and to start drawing on a blank slate, right? Let's start something new. Um, and um, how many of you ha have had New Year? Uh, raise your hand if you've had these New Year's resolutions in the past. It doesn't have to be this year, but uh, lose lose weight. That I've had that. We can be honest here. Uh, eat less sugar. That's been mine. Less dessert, less sugar. Um, work out more. Exercise more. 
be kinder to people. I have talk more, talk more to strangers. I've had that. Um, I've done that. I've, I've attempted that. Um, gossip less at work. Whoa. Um, how about? Well, let me take a one. Let me take. Money, like make more money, or spend less money, spend less money, or give more money away. Um, stay home. Eat at home. Yeah, exactly. Or less caffeine. Have one less uh, coffee. Um, so we've all had uh, at one time or another these New Year's resolutions, or maybe you just had maybe during Lent in in the spring you've had. Uh, resolutions or you've given up something um, and a lot of these resolutions are kind of based on external things I want to change my behavior I want to do something differently I want to talk less about my co-workers I want to drink less caffeine I want to spend more quality time with my family I want to call my mom more or <laughs> anything like that and um, if you're like me I have a lot of energy and a lot of kind of being good in the beginning, maybe the first few weeks, and then after that, I lose or I forget, and then I forget even more, and then I just give up on the resolution altogether. And, and I think it has to do with you know motivation or how 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 committed you are. Um, but I want to talk about something different, and I think in Simeon's song here. Um, he's talking about um, a light, a light and a truth that pierces, is going to pierce uh, Mary's soul and is going to pierce, cause the rising and the falling um, of many in Israel, um, a change. He's, he's talking about a transformation, a change. And if, if, you're, uh, if you've been around the U District or other places where you have the uh, people's giving away or selling the real change magazines, right? There's one on Safeway on 50th, uh, a guy, and he's like, real change, real change here, right? And I think that's something that we really think about, right? What is the secret sauce to real change? How do you actually change oneself, right? How do you change behavior? How do you can you teach an old dog new tricks, right? Can you let go of old habits? And some of us kind of are in our cynical, most cynical times are like, uh, we really can't change, right? You can't change, you know, if you're one way, you're always going to be that way. And the older I get, the more set in my ways I am. I'm like, I've given up on like, oh, I'm going to be the most disciplined person in the world, or I'm going to, you know, be exercised five times a week. You know, I've given up on that. My habits have set in, a lot of patterns have set in, and uh, I've just given up on that. But what I haven't given up on, right, is the real-time, true, transformative power of Jesus Christ right, in me and in the world and in our communities to, to exact real change, real permanent, lasting, meaningful change. Are you with me, church? Amen? So Simeon here, as I, um, 
As I mentioned a few weeks ago when we uh, addressed the song of Mary, this is the song of Simeon, the canticle of Simeon, if you will. The song of Mary or the Magnificat was in Luke chapter 1. And in Luke chapter 1 through 2, I mentioned that there are four songs, actually, four songs um, that four different people, Mary, Zechariah, Simeon here, and Anna, later, right after Simeon's song, that sing songs. And they're very connected, but they're, all, they're, they're connected and they're praise songs that are pro prophesying or at least revealing that in Jesus Christ, there's, there's a fulfillment of the prophecies in Scripture. There's a, there's a consolation. There's a redemption of Israel um, that's embodied in the Christ child. And that because of Christ, because of the Messiah, everything has changed, right? The foundations of society will be rocked, right? And there's, a, there's a, this whole motif of, you know, the rich being lowered and the humble being raised up, rulers falling and others and the poor being raised up. Um, in, our, in our song with Simeon, what does it say? It says, uh, uh, it'll cause the rising and the falling of many in Jerusalem. So there's this, these, this kind of motif of reversals, turning the tide um, and whatnot. And within Christ, as he ushers in the kingdom of heaven, Right? There's a reversal. Right? What, what's up is down. What's first is last. And we've heard Jesus uh, telling parables about first and last, rich and poor. And what's revealed is the character of God, his heart for uh, the poor and the humble, and uh, empowering the poor and the humble. And so, but what I wanted to point out to us, if you can hit that sermon slide. In the first section, uh, Jesus is talking about now, uh, or Simeon says, uh, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was a righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, and then he, he gives this praise. But the image that strikes me is kind of the juxtaposition of Simeon, who is an older man who has been waiting for what the scripture says, the consolation of Israel. Later on, in Anna's, in the description of Anna, it says she's been waiting for the redemption of Israel. So here are two righteous people um, that are waiting for what the scriptures have been promising Israel, right? They've been waiting for salvation. They've been waiting for consolation. They've been waiting for redemption. They've been waiting for an answer to come for a fulfillment of everything that they believe, everything they've been raised to believe, everything that they've read in Scripture and have been holding on to. And this man, older in age, a senior, has been waiting for the fulfillment of Scriptures, and he's holding this newborn infant baby, right? Smooth-skinned, crying, pooping baby, 
and the juxtaposition of the baby and this older gentleman holding the baby and giving praise to God. Like, mm -hmm. how amazing is that? Like, I, I see this picture. I've been reflecting on this picture, this infant. There's this infant, infant Jesus. And, but in, within the infant, there's galaxies and solar systems and stars. Like, in the smallest and most fragile of people, of images, of objects, there's the whole universe, the whole cosmos in this small thing. And I imagine that's something that Simeon has experienced. Like, in this physical incarnation, this, this child, this small and fragile child, is the consolation of Israel is the fulfillment of all scripture, is everything that my heart has been longing for and learn, yearning. In fact, in his song, he says, Sovereign Lord, now you can free me. Now I can retire. Right? Now I can let go. I can stop striving. Because, right, it's not my 401k has come through. Right? It's I'm 65 and now I can retire. It's no. This child, how beautiful is that? In this child are cosmoses and right, solar systems and stars. Is everything in the universe all wrapped up in this one child? And it's beautiful. It's what I've been waiting for. The other thing that I wanted to point out is... Uh, the Holy Spirit, the motif of the Holy Spirit. Um, you, I've, I've said before, and it's been said, that, the, that Luke is the gospel of the Holy Spirit, right? And actually, Luke Acts is written by Luke. Um, they're kind of book one and book two. They're sequels of one another. Acts is a sequel of Luke. And one of the kind of consistent themes in Luke and Acts is the movement of the Holy Spirit, right? And we need to take some time and acknowledge the unsung hero in our birth narratives, in Luke chapter 1 and 2, in our Christmas story. The unsung hero, the invisible but visible force behind the miracle of Christmas is the Holy Spirit this unsung hero that's moving hearts and paving paths and leveling obstacles and giving awe-inspiring wisdom and discernment is the Holy Spirit. So just in uh, Luke chapter 1, uh, this, the image of filled by the Spirit or moved by the Spirit um, happens multiple times here, five, four times in the chapter 1 of Luke. The angel, when telling Zechariah that Elizabeth is going to give birth to John, angel to Zechariah, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. That's 115 and 135. Uh, the angel answered when Mary says, how can this be? I am a virgin. How can I ha have child? The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Again, in 167, um, after John is born, Zechariah does his song, right? 
Remember the musical, high school musical, right? In Luke 1, we have people start breaking out in song. Um, his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And then 180, uh, the child grew and became strong in spirit. He lived in the wilderness. This is John the Baptist. Um, until he appeared publicly to Israel. So this idea of being filled with the Spirit. Um, and then now in our passage from 25 to 27 in the introduction to Simeon, what does it say of Simeon? Right? Simeon is waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him, 25. And 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts uh, when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required. So um, Simeon is moved by the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit was on him. It was revealed to the Holy Spirit. Um, so the Holy Spirit um, guides us. It fills us. It directs our paths. The Holy Spirit gives us discernment. The Holy Spirit makes a way. Right? And all the things that need to happen uh, for when around Jesus' birth, all the coming together of people, all of the prophesying, all of the dis, uh, different narratives of people, we see them coming together, all united, all held together, all having the same vision, all being brought into the narrative of God's salvation for the world through the Holy Spirit. Right? And that's another thing that we should recognize or know about the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is at work, is at work random people are brought together. Right? Random people are brought together around a common purpose, a common vision, a common mission, right? If you look at the book of Acts with, at Pentecost, people from all of the surrounding areas, the surrounding nations, come together and hear the gospel together and are sent out. The church is formed. Here you have four songs, four people giving praise, right? Because of the Holy Spirit leading them, guiding them, right? Saying, wait, wait. I'm coming. I'm going to show you. And here Simeon, right, breaks out into song and praise of the Lord and is finally released um, because God has fulfilled um, in Jesus Christ. He's met and been able to hold Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of the Holy Spirit. And... What I pull from this is this, and you can put the slide on, and I know Tim will appreciate this. <laughs> Yoda <laughs> may the Holy Spirit be with you. So we all have the potentials, the potential of Jedi's. Right? If you're familiar with Star Wars, to be the Luke and Leia's on our journey. We all have the capacity 
to experience the force and move in power throughout our everyday lives. <laughs> Are we still on? Um, and the Holy Spirit is moving behind the scenes. We see that in Luke. The Holy Spirit is drawing people, the people you'd least expect to be center of the story, drawing them into God's story. Um, in the same way, the Holy Spirit is working today, has been working in your life, in your heart, to make change from the inside out. That, that question of, can people change? Can I change? God can change you. Jesus is changing you. Christ has changed you in the, through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working in you. And this is what we see um, in Simeon's words, is that Jesus is destined to cause change to cause revolution. Jesus is destined um, to bring the hearts, the inside of people's hearts, to reveal that, right? To make what's inside, outside. And a sword, he says to Mary, a sword will also pierce your soul. That idea of your soul being pierced and like all this coming out. I, I think of when I, you know, I, I take my blood sugar and I prick my, not now, not because I have a scanner thing, but I prick, when I prick my finger and blood comes out, right, and it's so red and it's so beautiful that I want to look it, right? Um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. I need to, some things don't need to be shared from the inside <laughs> out. <laughs> but anyways, well, why was I going with that? <laughs> but I don't know. But, uh, um, right? The Holy Spirit starts with a pinprick in our heart, in our souls. Right? And that pinprick becomes an ocean, a river, that starts flowing out um, through our lives and changing our lives, changing our habits, changing our hearts, changing the way that we do things. And... Uh, if we are to have any New Year's resolution, we should tap into what the Holy Spirit is doing within us already, right? That pinprick in our souls, that which is piercing our souls, has pierced us. And take our surfboard of life and like ride that wave, right? Ride what God is doing already in us. Are you with me, church? The new is piercing through. There's a new hope. In Christ, we have a new hope. Real change is coming. Seasons refreshing. Are you ready? Are you open? Are you listening uh, to the Spirit? Don't ignore the urgings and movings and pushing of the Holy Spirit in you. It may start small, but like the kingdom of heaven, like the mustard seed, it grows into something bigger. Like, what's going on? Take stock, right, of what's happening um, and don't ignore them. So um, I wanted to kind of offer some spiritual, maybe some 
kind of spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines that could help uh, fuel uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in us to exact real change and new change and new life in us. Um, and the first thing is to just listen, right? In the noise of our world, right? In the hustle and bustle, the busyness of our lives, it's really hard to just sit still. One, to sit still, and two, to listen. But sometimes the Holy Spirit, a lot of times, is speaking very quietly, more quietly than the noise of the world. And it's much easier for us to listen to the noise of the world than to the quiet, still quiet voice in our hearts. So what, is it, what does it mean to listen, right? Even in the morning or at late at night, just to take a couple minutes, put your hands up and receive. God, what will you say to me today? What have you been saying to me? Another practice um, is gratitude, the discipline of gratitude, right? I know for me, I often find myself whining a lot and complaining a lot. And then I stop and I'm like, oh, I'm not a fun person to be around. I'm, I'm so cynical. I'm whining up too much. Uh, Janice reminds me when I'm whining. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, the discipline of gratitude, right? Um, just take every day, again, a piece of paper or in your journal, five things that you're grateful for in that moment. Because there will always be something that, uh, that we should be grateful for, that we are. We always have little gifts um, that God is giving us, that the Spirit is giving us. And you'll be amazed how much gratitude can shape our behavior, shape how we approach life, how we approach our relationships. Gratitude changes hearts, and, um, and it's a gift, right? It's recognizing the gifts uh, that God is giving us, has given us. Um, now my mind's going blank. Prayer of examine. This is something, prayer of examine is kind of a, a, a benedicting prayer where you take stock of whether it's the past day at the end of the day or the past week at the end of the week. You could do it for the year. You can, you know, you know look up prayer of examine, New Year prayer of examine or something like that and reflect on the things that have happened in the past year and give thanks or offer that up to God, say, I'm going to die to this or whatever, and kind of uh, look at 2023, look at the past year before moving forward and asking God, like, what, what do you want for me as I move forward? Um, another thing uh, someone has shared with me is every year they ask God for a word, a theme word for the year. And it, you know, sometimes they don't even know what it means at the time it's given to them. They just take some time to listen. Oh, I hear the word sparrow, right? I don't know what sparrow means, but as the year progresses, um, that word begins to take more meaning, right? I'm just bringing up sparrow, I don't know. Um, but take some time to be like, God, Holy Spirit, what is my word for this year? What is my theme 
for this year and, and to ask God. And all the ways that we set goals for ourselves or vision for our lives or here's my five-year vision, here's my, you know, this is my, these are my goals for the new year. What about something way more organic, you know, asking God, what is my name? What is my word for this year? And, and see that, see yourself living into that word and see how God and the Holy Spirit is moving you um, into that word and that word kind of revealing more and more. You can do that with scripture passages, scripture verses. Um, and so the whole point is oftentimes we strive to be better and we strive to do more and we strive to set goals. We strive to lose weight. We strive to get in better shape. We strive to change the world. We try, strive to not have road rage. We strive, we strive, and we fail, right, at those strivings. And I don't, I don't know for it, about you, but I fail my goals all the time. And each little time that I strive and don't achieve, a little part of me dies, right? A little, like, swagger dies. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, filled by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, we're empowered from the inside out to live differently, to be differently. Are you with me, church? And Luke is tapping into this, is kind of showing us the unsung hero is the Holy Spirit of the Trinity, God, who empowers us to live um, more than we could on our own. And so in this new year, listen, be open to, be vulnerable to the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life and ask God, what's next? Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you uh, for your son, for Jesus Christ, born as a baby, a child, so humble, so, so small, so fragile, um, so off the beaten path. And yet, in Jesus is the fulfillment of all things, is the consolation, um, is our hope. Our hope is placed, our redemption and our salvation and real change. And so in 2024, may we as individuals be sensitive to you, the movings of your spirits, the urgings of your spirit. And as a church, may we move and be united and tied together and bound together by uh, your Holy Spirit. Amen.